Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, Road to Growth listeners. All right, before we get started, we just got to talk about if you're watching us live. If you're not watching us live, we do come out live. If you're listening on um, Apple, Google Play, those kind of platforms, then go back to the live version because the background that Peter got going on, I was kind of geeking out about before we got going. <laughs> have different angles, all rendering. Uh, but anyways, thank you, Peter, for, for being here today. Thank you for having me. That's uh, I've been looking forward to this one. It's, it's not a lot of live stuff I get to do, so so I'm actually pretty excited about that. No, I'm ex- uh, yeah, I'm excited for it too. I mean, it's uh, you, you came hot with the, the background, so I'm assuming the rest of the, <laughs> the episode is going to be hot too. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we talked about beforehand. Um, your your company, uh, Telzio. That's it, right? Telzio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Telzio. Yep. What what's the what's the meaning of Telzio? Where did that come from? The name. Well, it was uh, available as .dot com. <laughs> okay. Well, so now, <laughs> all right. Uh, no, I mean we 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 really needed a short name like five uh, letters max, and we wanted to be something with tel uh, telephone and tel- telecom. And we wanted it to be available as .com, so uh, we just brainstormed, and um, yeah, uh, that was what we ended up with. It, it, for for five letters, was it precisely five letters, or was it more so just you wanted something short? We wanted something short, uh, and I would say like five is probably the max that we wanted, five or six letters max. So yeah, oh, that's interesting. Okay, um, mm-hmm. right, so tell us a little about Telzio. Well, it's a phone service platform, business phone service. So we provide. Um, uh, phone services for for all kinds of businesses, uh, two, three p- people startups to companies like Samsung, uh, Airbnb, Facebook, uh, and so on, so on. So um, it's like a, a very scalable. It's all uh, managed online. So it's a software as a service platform where you can just go up online and set everything up, manage it there, and take your calls and make your calls uh, from your cell phone or your computer or even from from a desk phone if you if you kind of prefer that. But yeah, it's like a, a, a full-featured uh, phone service platform for for businesses. It, does the number get rotated? Because I know, I mean, right now with like cell phones, things like that. If it's if it's um, uh, calling, if you're calling out there, and it, they, it looks like it's kind of a, a telemarketer, it's mm-hmm. there are platforms where it comes spam. Does your service do like anything like a rotation of, of phone numbers, or is it more of like in-house? Like you're call, like an individual's calling to assess, yeah. Um, both. Uh, well, well, so we don't really rotate because we don't have to. Uh, our okay. numbers are legit. Uh, with with like they're they're not spoofed or anything like that, and, and they are actually like T O one numbers on the 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 tele network. So we okay. can prove that the one that calls is the one that calls, and that way it doesn't um, end up as a spam call for for the receiver. Okay. Well, I mean, one of the intriguing things when uh, I think your team kind of brought this up about coming here was a DJ with a phone company or turn to from a DJ <laughs> to a phone company. It, it's a very, it, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a linear, linear path. Right. So yeah. walk us through how did, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's funny. Everyone says that it's not a linear path, but for me, it's just always been around because I grew up with a mom who was in, uh, uh, engineer, uh, grandfather who was a telecom technician, and a dad who was a drummer in a band, and my mother was also a pianist. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I, I've always had m- music and technology 
since I was a baby, really. Um, I got my first computer when I was six, and I started DJing when I was probably nine or ten at friends' birthday parties. So. Uh, founded my first website when I was 14 and sold that when I was 18. So, so I've always had these two things going my whole life. And, and I started coding very, very early on. And, and at the same time, you know, music, especially electronic music that I played uh, growing up in Europe, um, that, that is very nerdy. I mean, that's, uh, it's all about just sitting in front of a computer and, and programming your, your songs, really. And, and, and of course, you got to have some kind of mu musical uh, talent, but uh, it's a lot of, of geeking out. So for me, it's, it's, it's not that different. Um, even when I got the idea for Telgeo, it was really just because I was building a platform for some music uh, promotion stuff, and I needed a phone service. Uh, I couldn't find anything out of the box that worked and was cheap enough to, for me to afford it and, and could set it up easily. So I just like, oh, well, I'm just managed myself. I just coded myself. And then I just got hooked, you know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of it. So you, you kind of talk about kind of, you build out the, uh, I guess the structure of the music before the actual session, right? Now, mm -hmm. and, and like in college, I actually had a buddy that was a DJ and he would kind of tell me, okay, you hear right here? Okay, this is where you turn it, this is where you do it. And like, <laughs> he had a more refined ear than I did, right? But there, there's a science to it, right? How yeah. many DJs today actually design their own music and edit their own music before they actually go live? Is it still the norm that everyone does it or is it a team or how does that work now? Well, it depends a lot on, on, on who you are as a DJ. There's a lot of different ways and styles. Um, I think most of the ones that are, you know, a name uh, that, that you, you've heard of, they either make their own edits of, of different songs and, and uh, either bootlegs and remixes and, or, or simply just uh, cut them up the way they want them in, in, uh, on, on forehand. Um, but even to, to really become a name, you have to produce as well and, and not just edit, you have to write your own songs, produce your own songs and, and, and put things out there so, uh, you know, so people can play your music when you're not spinning records. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's really it. But, but you know, um, there's, there's a lot of different ways to, to, to play and, and that's, that's not just the only way. And I will say, I never prepared anything before a gig. I would have things that I had made, you know, in forehand, but I never prepared a set. I wouldn't, you know, have certain things come oh. in a certain order. Uh, it was really just by feeling the crowd and and, and, you know, yeah, playing it by ear. Now, you, you have the idea that, okay, I want to build this, I guess, telephone company, right? What were the, the first steps or what was that transition of moving from the, the DJ industry over, over there? Well, so at that point, when I, when I started building it, um, I was completely burned out. I had played 380-something gigs in a year. Um, it's like more than one a day, but, uh, you know, a lot of them were like three or four in a day and then a lot of travel. So I was completely burned out and I hadn't made music for a long time because I'm not one of those guys that can sit on a laptop on a plane and do it. I have to be per perfectly neatly set up in my studio and, and all that. So I've been away from that for a long time. So I needed some time off and I asked my manager to, uh, put a pause on the bookings and, and just, you know, take a little breather. And that's where I started coding on Telgeo. So um, I, I kind of just got hooked. I never stopped playing. I just, you know, put a pause on the bookings, really. So what just happened was I just got caught in this project that became a company. And eventually, you know, now it's been 10 years I've been doing this and I haven't played a gig since. Uh, I miss it once in a while. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it kind of just happened, I would say. Did, so did you have money stored away that allowed you to to focus on coding? 
I wish. No, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I wish I had. But uh, we ended up uh, cashing in my wife's 401k. We had just started dating back then. And uh, wow. and we cashed in $16,000 and bootstrapped the company. We never took investors or, or even spent a dollar on advertising. Uh, we just took the long road and and uh, and, and and hustled. So, okay, just dating at that time. And then going, hey, dear, uh, I have this idea. I need you to take out your retirement so we can start this company. Walk us through that conversation. I, I don't even remember that conversation. I think it was actually her doing it um, uh, because she kind of believed in the, in the project, too, and in the, in the business. I mean, she's our COO today, and uh, we've worked together for 10 years now, uh, which is, I guess, unusual. Um, but that's also one of the things, one of the reasons why we didn't take investments. It was in the beginning, we tried, and... You know who's gonna invest in a couple who's not married and just have this idea and yeah that's obviously not very investable um i'm happy today that we didn't because obviously we know we own the company now and then we can do whatever we want but uh that was that was tough in the beginning for sure so sixteen thousand dollars how far did that get you because um, does she have to keep working i mean it's the mm. you have to live somewhere i mean what was that looking like yeah, so I took I took some uh, consulting jobs in the beginning, the first year, year and a half or so. I took consulting jobs here and there, and and you know a month here and a month and a half there, and eventually I, I remember that very very uh, clearly when my wife told me I think this was the last day you would ever work for someone else. Like that that was a really really good feeling, just thinking like oh yeah okay now we're actually at the point where we can pay ourselves a salary and we can actually live off of this and we might not have to go back if things go the right way. How how long into starting the company did that uh, ring true? I, w- I would say maybe a year and a half uh, in or so, maybe a year. Yeah. So it, it started picking up like wildfire. Then it starts going well after a year. Well, so the the thing was like we 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 really just uh, slowly grew in the beginning where we just put it out and we wrote about it in, on some message boards and people started signing up a little bit here and there, and then you know as people signed up we got suggestions for more features that they they requested and we built them and um, then you know every time we built new features bigger customers si- started signing up and it was kind of like just snowballing from there and 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 we always reinvested everything uh, back into the company I mean we pay, pay ourselves a salary and and uh, we pay a, a good salary to our employees and and all that but but we reinvest everything back into it so try to hire more people and and you know get more developers get more salespeople all that so at the beginning, though, was it mostly just kind of word of mouth on these message boards? Were you actually now prospecting and, and calling these companies or what was that, what did that look like? Yeah, so we actually never did that. Um, we never paid for ads. We never did any outbound sales. It's always been inbound uh, people calling us when they sign up. Um, but yeah, it was I, I, in the beginning, it was just uh, writing about it here and there. And then we found out, well, uh, we can't buy ads because uh, it's so competitive. I mean, we are up against companies like AT&T and Verizon, and they have billions of dollars to spend on ads. Uh, so uh, some of the keywords or the good keywords in our industry are seven, $800 per click, just for one click. And, and the math adds up because certain businesses stay on for a long time and they pay so and so much per, per month uh, for the service. But it's a huge upfront investment that we just did, didn't have the money for. So we had to figure out what, what do we do then? And that was just SEO. We just had to, you know, get to those uh, keywords and, and get, you know, on page one on Google for those keywords 
organically and get there for free. And that has taken us a long time, but you know it's worth it because now we don't pay what they pay and we get the same amount of customers. Was there a time though that you were like in between where maybe you get, you're getting the wildfire, but capping out of where you can grow that you started investing into the SEO and anything like that? Yeah, so um, I think pretty early on we found out that, that that was the best strategy was really to to try and, and, and master SEO. But but the funny thing about SEO is it's not something you can trick. Uh, you just have to play by Google's rules and create content that is relevant to whoever's searching for it. So that means creating a, a good website and really follow all the technical aspects and the technical uh, um, suggestions that Google make that you should do. And and that takes a long time. It's not something that you just do and then overnight you're on, on number one. It takes years. Um, but slowly, uh, you know, a strategy was, you know, to, to try and conquer some of the lower hanging fruits, the, the less competitive keywords. Uh, so we started there and then slowly uh, worked our wealth uh, way up uh, and, and, and got more and more um, traction. And I, and I know, um, I I think it was one of your team members or it might have been yourself or something like that. But there's a um, somewhere I saw that there was a point in time when you're growing that you were looking at taking outside funding. Mm-hmm. What what did that look like? When, why were you thinking that? What was happening there? Well, so so the funny thing is um, you only hear about tech startups taking VC money, and that's the only way you can grow a company. That's that's all you hear about. You hear about these um, once in a billion where someone starts a company and they, they take $200 million in investments and now the company is worth $5 billion and everyone's happy. But you don't hear about the failures, you don't hear about the ones that you know crash and, and don't uh, uh, make it, which is far most of it, but you especially don't hear about the ones that don't even take that money, that don't take that VC money. Um, so, so we thought that was the only way when we started out. We thought we had to go out and raise that money. Um, and we tried for a long time uh, un- un- until we really found out that it's not for us. One thing is the people that do take those kind of uh, amounts from from VCs. That's all they do. That's that's what their business is. They take they take uh, they do fundraising for 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 a living essentially. These uh, these people behind it, rather than building a product uh, and and a platform that customers really like, uh, which is what we're into. That's what we love doing and. What, what kind of what our happy place is. So at some point we realized that and we found out, well, maybe we shouldn't try to hunt this investment and let's try and just like grow with what we have and uh, build a good product and make sure that people tell their friends about it because they love the service, right? Um, and then, you know, eventually now we are starting to look into a real, uh, you know, Series A round uh, probably sometime this year. But that's really just because we are now at a place where uh, we can we can start taking the money and, and compete on on the things that that our competitors we have, like the the company has grown to a mature level where uh, the platform you know can compete 100 percent with with all the other guys out there. So is it more so you guys you feel like capped off of where you currently are and this will take you maybe to the next level? Well, I would say I wouldn't say capped off, but I would say we can we can just uh, pour more gas on the fire and uh, we have some strategies that we have now proven works. Uh, that if we put A in here, then we get B out there. And, uh, uh, you know, we've done a lot of testing, of course, uh, over the years. And, and, and we kind of have a, have a solid strategy now that's very safe because it's, it's not just a startup anymore, if, if, if you could say it like that. Do you ever look back at when you started and saying, okay, well, when we were a startup, 
we could have got this money. Maybe we would have got here faster, but we'd have less of our company. I mean, does that debate ever happen or is that like in the past now? Oh, no, I, I think about that a lot, um, especially because we got an investment offer at some point for $250,000 for 50% of the company. Oh, wow. And I'm just, <laughs> we, we, were, we were seriously considering it at that point uh, because $250,000 were actually a lot of money for the company at that point. Yeah. And, and, and today it's peanuts compared to, you know, everything is relative to where we are today. Um, so I'm just so happy that we didn't go that route because one thing is we wouldn't be working for ourselves. That, that would be, you know, the second you take investments, you're working for someone else, obviously. Um, but today we, we own everything ourselves. We can do, we can do the, the things we want. We can build the product. We can take it where we want, wanted to take it. And, and that's just the best feeling in the world. Um, but yeah, I think about it a lot. It's, uh, uh, things could have gone in many different ways. Uh, you know, it could also have been good if we took investments for sure. What I mean, and I know you've kind of like talked about a little bit about the idea of taking funding from a venture mm -hmm. capitalist earlier on for the startup. I mean, if someone was listening right now and they have a company and they're looking to or they have a startup, right? Uh, and they're debating on taking VC money. What what should be like kind of the conversation in their head? Is there kind of like a roadmap they should think through to actually see if it's even worth it for them? I would say. uh it might be worth it. I, I can't tell uh, whether or not for, for, for your business particularly, but I would say just think about that it's not the only way. Uh, I think that's really the, the, the thing. It's, it's, uh, VC money is not the only way you can grow a company, but it seems like it is. And it, it's all we hear about, that that is what you do. Uh, but that's not the only real option you have. Just keep that in mind. And, and now, I guess in, in the, the present time, when you're looking at getting VC money for your company, what are some thoughts that go through your head to see if that money is right for you? Well, so we are less uh, dependent on um, money coming from someone who can help us in other ways than just the money, uh, being that we don't really need a lot of outside help with certain things that you could probably need when you're a startup. Uh, we have most things figured out at this point. So for us, it's really more about taking in cash that can accelerate uh, growth. Um, so, so it's just money for the sake of money, really. Um, but if you're a startup, that's, that's completely different. Sometimes, you know, VCs uh, have a whole network of, of different services that they provide to you and, and can help you with, and that can just save you a lot of time and, and headache in the beginning. Uh, there's a lot of things that we had to learn uh, that we could have been told, you know, or, or just gotten handed if we were, uh, you know, part of a VC. And I guess, if some, again, going back to if someone's listening and they maybe are in the position you're currently in or maybe the, the startup position, what's the best way of them actually getting the, the word out that they're looking for for VCs? Uh, it's tough. Uh, the best way to, to get ahead of or, or get in front of some is really to, to know someone who can make an introduction. Uh, it's really hard to just do cold calling. But it depends because if you have a kick-ass product that just uh, is so phenomenal that, that sells itself and, and so on, then the VCs will find you. I, I, I'm not a second in doubt. That's what they do for a living. Um, so if you have that you know, next unicorn, you don't even have to look for them. Gotcha. Well, I know we talked a lot about VCs recently, but I, I mean, something that just kind of popped in my head. I mean, you've had this business with your, your now wife, you said, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. And you, it's, you said there's a synergy, right? Of mm -hmm. marriage and work. Any kind of thoughts of why <laughs> that is or, uh, yeah. 
um, I think I think we found out early on that we are good at different things. So uh, she has some skills that I don't have, and the other way around. And then we found out how to kind of separate our duties, so we don't uh, uh, step on each other's toes. And really, you know, most of the day when we are working, we don't even talk to each other because we're working on on separate things. So. Uh, we we don't even see each other, uh, just in different offices and so on. And I think that's important because you know, after some time, obviously, if you're sitting on each other's lap uh, all day, then uh, you know it's 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 bound for failure. And and I think that's also one of the reasons why we didn't get investments in the beginning. You know, like it's 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 a pretty obvious thing that it's it's doomed uh, if for for most couples that that work together. Do you have any kind of rules of when you guys are allowed to talk about business and not talk about business, talk about personal things like that? My wife has, uh, and okay. I try to follow them. <laughs> what do those look like? That we don't talk about it at home, um, <laughs> and, and that's really difficult for me. Um, I, and I try as, as as good as I can, and uh, and respect that. Uh, but obviously, it's, it's hard because this is this is your life. This is your 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 baby, uh, right? So. Uh, it's it, it is difficult, but I think it's it's a good thing that she she's stuck on that. Where where do you see this this business going? If we were talking in five years from now, where do you see the telecommunication business going or Telzio going? I mean, future. Well, so um, things are are changing a lot right now, and we are changing our product a lot because we need to keep up. Uh, obviously, AI is a big thing uh, happening, and, and especially in our, our space. We've started actually building our AI product back in 2017. We registered AIAttendant.com, which we are about to roll out. So it's not something that's surprising us. We've just be kind of been waiting for the technology to be ready for it, for what we wanted to build. Um, but but not only that, I don't think tech, uh, telecom is going to be telecom as we know it for much longer. Things are, are changing a lot. Um, uh, consumers and... and uh, businesses as well are are spreading out on on more than just phone calls, and you have to be as a business be available where your customers want to communicate with you. So it's not enough to have just a phone number and an email address anymore. You have to be able to respond uh, if someone texts you or, or or they DM you on on Twitter or Facebook or WhatsApp or all these different ways you have you can communicate. You need to be available in that places because your customers uh, expect that. And I have I have an example for myself. I, I was out buying a, a car like a like two years a year and a half ago or so, and um, I test driven it. And I was like, okay, that that's that's the one. I'm just gonna gonna go home and think uh, real quick. I got the business uh, card from the from the dealer, and and I emailed him the same night and saying, hey, what's the price if I want to upgrade to the same model but with the bigger engine? And nothing. I didn't hear anything back from him. So the next day, I went down to another dealership, a different brand, but basically test drove the same car. You know, sometimes they're the same, essentially. And they had it in stock, and I bought that car the same day. And a month later, I got a reply to that email asking, uh, so the price would be this and this. So, uh, he could have sold me a car if he had, you know, replied to his email. But the thing is, you know, I could have called him. I had his business card with his phone number. Yeah. I could just have called him and asked, and he would have sold that car. But I didn't want to call him at that point. I wanted to send him an email. That was my preference That's in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. So re- because he didn't reply and he didn't uh, you know, answer where I was, his customer was, uh, connecting with him, he missed out on that sale. And that goes for everything now. People expect to 
you know, get an answer right away. Uh, and, you know, if you pair that with some AI, then you can do some pretty cool stuff. Well, you have, I mean, so I know you talked about the, the AI aspect of it. Do you guys plan to in, incorporate that into your business at Telzio or? Okay. Yeah. So we, so we actually already are on, on our backend um, and, and our, our customer service and sales and oh. are, are, are using that a lot. Uh, built, it's built into our platform already, but we are rolling out a product as well where uh, our customers can basically use the same tools as we do, where they can let a an AI bot you know, answer your calls and, and direct them the way and, and answer a bunch of things uh, about your business that even the best person that's worked f- for you for years can't even answer because it's trained on all your conversational data, like t- support tickets, uh, sales emails, and all that stuff from all the years that you've been in business. So it knows everything that everyone knows, and it can answer right away. Do you, how much, um, I guess, coding goes into, okay, this is kind of the style that we want to be talking to the people that our customers like. We want to have our individuals to at least have a college degree. So talk like more and using those words, talk more in this, have more short, or is it more on here's the information, our AI is going to actually respond back to the customer and just the way it's supposed well, to be. Well, so that's, that's a good question because uh, the way it works is really that because it's trained on your uh, emails and your support tickets and your uh, all the data that you have, let's say you know your internal wikis, your external uh, support pages or whatever you have online, because it's trained on all that data, it also trains on how you talk to your customers, how you write your emails, how you speak. And, and, and you, you know, we can train it on call recordings from your past calls as well with your customers. So it will actually mimic the exact way that you talk to your customers. So you don't even have to worry about that. Wow. How, how, how often are you staying up with technology and how are you doing? How are you trying to be an innovator in the space? Um, I think... I'm just naturally curious. I have major ADD, and I, you know, go down that rabbit hole several times a day. And and, and every night uh, after my kids are put to bed, I, I'm in front of my laptop and and just researching and, and working and and you know staying up to date. So I I, I can't help it. Um, I get to the bottom of the rabbit hole and then I start digging and try to find more. So uh, I think it's just like very natural to me to 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 always be curious. Does your wife ever pull you back on the reins and saying, okay, we're not going that direction. We're not going to spend the money there. Or is, how does that kind of dynamic work when you have, you're inundated, I guess, with so much information and you're not mm-hmm. sure what to actually implement? Um, not, not a lot. I think, um, so she, she does sales and uh, like, like she, she handles the sales department, marketing and, um, and, and the operations of, of the business. And I'm product and engineering uh, primarily. And, I have a good eye for what our customers uh, ask for and what what is a viable product and what can sell. Um, so so we don't really have a lot of discussions about about that. Uh, we we tend to kind of just follow what is it that that seems logical. What 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 is the next step for us to to go when in terms of, of building out the product? Um, and so far it's worked pretty well. Peter, thank you so much uh, for, for being on the platform. As people are listening and let's say they're looking to get more information about you or your company, what's the best way of them getting more information? So if you want to try out Telzio, uh, there's a free demo and a one month uh, free service right now. If you go to Telzio, T-E-L-Z-I-O.com and uh, just sign up for that trial. So please do that. Uh, it's fun to play around with. It's not actually that boring. It's, there's like a little drag and drop. It's actually... Uh, Pretty cool to uh, to to set things up, 
And if you want to get in touch with me, I, I love to to chat about anything really. So uh, petersroder.com, uh, there's all my contact info. All right, I'm gonna finish off one last question, Peter. Is there mm-hmm. ever gonna be a time where we're gonna see Peter back in the the DJ booth? Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I never stopped. Uh, I just put a pause on the bookings. <laughs> <laughs> I actually still still make a little music here and there once in a while, and and when I have time, and 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 it's itching a little bit more than. Than usual recently, so at some point maybe. Who knows? Do they, do, does your do your team members or your customers ever get surprised uh, of your background? <laughs> Probably when when they first start with us. Um, but we have, I mean, my turntables are in the middle of our office out here with a big disco ball over. So, uh, oh, so I don't they know. think it takes. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long before they know at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for Peter for being here today. Hopefully, everyone got some some great information. Please go in the show notes, uh, go follow uh, Peter on all the social media platforms, go on Tezio, uh, the free one month plan. And then also please subscribe to the Road to Roth podcast. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Road to Growth, success of an entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.theenriquezgroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.